and welcome to the Happy Yoga Podcast with me, your host, Joe Hutton. And in this podcast, we talk about all things yoga and all things to make your mind a happier place to live in. Let's get started. In this episode, we're going to talk about asana, which is the third of the limbs of yoga as outlined in the Yoga Sutras by Patanjali. Asana means the physical posture, the seat that we take for meditation. So it's the physical posture for meditation. So you may be forgiven for thinking that the Yoga Sutras is going to be a long list of all of the physical postures that you will have to do in order to to be doing yoga correctly. And that's not true. The only time that asana or any time that the physical thing that you need to be doing is mentioned is in this very, very small part of the sutras where it talks about asana being the third limb and it being the physical posture that you would take for meditation. And the way it's described is that the physical posture needs to be steady and comfortable so that you are able to turn your attention towards the things that you're meditating on, the the state of your mind. So if your body is uncomfortable, or if you're sitting in a very strict way, it can feel done for your meditation. Now, obviously, yoga has evolved since then. We now have many, many, many other kinds of asana. I'm sure if you've been to a yoga class, you'll have done some of the asanas. We have the sun salutations, and we have the warrior poses. We have down dog, all of our favourites. But these aren't outlined exactly what to do in the Yoga Sutras. These have actually come a lot later on, most of them around the 19th century, and then evolved over time to become the Yoga Asana that we know and love today. Now, Yoga Asana isn't the be-all and end-all of yoga, and that's something that I feel really passionately about, that I want to educate people about the other things as well, but it is a massive part of it. However, I think that we should always keep in mind this steady and comfortable aspect that is outlined in the Yoga Sutras. So I think in the modern yoga world, the more extreme asana, like your handstands, the Instagrammable ones, have kind of got this celebrity status. So it's almost as if the more extreme the asana, the more difficult the physical posture is, then the more, in quotation marks, advanced the yoga is. And I don't believe that at all. I think a yoga asana practice should be consistent And we should honour our bodies every day of where they are without feeling like there's this goal, there's this need to get to a certain place. That doesn't mean that you can't try at yoga. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't want to do a handstand or it's morally wrong if you want to do a fancy pose. Not at all. I mean, it's exciting. It's fun. it, It makes you feel good. But if we attach our idea of that being proper yoga then what inevitably happens the flip side of that coin the other side of that is that if on the days that we can't do it and there always will be days when we can't do it that we somehow feel like we've failed or maybe that we're not trying hard enough 
or that we're less yogic somehow because we're not doing the more advanced asana practice. I think it's very symptomatic of our um, values as a society in general. Like we are a very youth oriented society. We like fitness. We like young, able, lithe bodies. We put a lot of value on this. And so it makes sense that when we start to do a system where there is a physical element involved that we would automatically start to assume value on the more physically part of it but I don't think this is healthy because I think it excludes a lot of people it puts a lot of people off doing the practice and also it it takes away from the other parts of the practice as well. So some people are just naturally going to be able to do the physical postures better than other people. Like maybe you've been a gymnast since you were a child. Maybe your body is just, you've just won the genetic lottery and you can do lots of things. And on the flip side, maybe you've got a disability or maybe you've had an illness, which means that you can't do the physical postures as well. And I think it's really dangerous to equate someone's worth or to say how far someone is on the spiritual path just by physical ability alone. Because somebody who's just woken up and can do a handstand, for some people that might be no effort at all. They could just get up and do a handstand. And for other people, it might take them 25 years of consistent effort just to be able to touch their toes. So we can't look on the outside in and say how, in inverted commas, advanced someone's yoga practice is because it's about consistent effort and consistency an accumulation over time rather than just how impressive a pose is. And that also, on the other side of that, that doesn't mean that just because you can do a handstand or you're naturally gifted, that doesn't mean that you are somehow not advanced either. Like, there's no judgment towards people who do do those things. It's that equating of value onto them where the issue is rather than the thing that you're doing and there's also this real split between our mind and our body in our culture as well it's almost as if they're two separate entities like we talk about our mind and our intellect and then we talk about our bodies as though they are not linked as if they're not the same thing and I think this way of thinking about ourselves is that we are like little minds put into a body has really influenced the way that we approach exercise and movement and it's almost as if like intellectual pursuits are are revered more than physical things when how we feel and how our brain works is completely linked to the physical if we exercise then we can stimulate hormones we can stimulate the healing process our brain and how we feel is not disconnected to our body. That's why, you know, if you're fe- that's why if you're feeling funky, if you're feeling like you don't really have any energy, or you can't do anything, that's why they say go outside and go for a walk because when you go for a walk, it releases dopamine and it makes you more it changes your mood. Our brain and our bodies of the same. Our brain is part of our body. It is our body. We are our body. So 
it's very important to look after your body without it spiraling and becoming a value thing. So because of the society we live in, and because our society links value so much to our physical body and how well it is and what it looks like, it's very difficult for us to unmesh that in our minds. Yoga isn't exercise in the traditional way. It's very difficult for us to understand that when we're basically in a room in our gym kit with a load of people and it feels a little bit PE-like. Hopefully your class doesn't feel exactly like PE. There's a lot of those markers there, you know, you're in your gym kit and you're with other people and most people come to exercise with a lifetime of having experienced exercise. So people might have had eating disorders or people might have had the horrible, I know I just mentioned PE, but people might have the the horrible experience of doing PE when you're younger like that for a lot of people if they if they don't have very active families I know for me I didn't have a very active family so PE was really the only time I ever exercised and PE was awful like they didn't ever teach me how to look after my body they just put me into a a netball game that was already going on that I didn't know the rules to and or they were like running this cold weather it do cross country but they never taught you how how to enjoy it or how to run and obviously we all hated it so I didn't do it so I would just sit at the side and talk about how much I hated it and and then I created a story that I hated exercise that I hated pee that I wasn't the type of person that exercised and you might not have the same story everybody has a story that they tell themselves around exercise and their body and what they can and can't do so for me I've found the physical practice of yoga incredibly liberating because I was able to tear up that story and completely rewrite what physical movement meant for me and that was one of the most empowering things that has ever happened to me in my whole life to be able to enjoy moving my body and understanding that moving my body can feel good and that I don't have to link it to how much I've eaten. I don't have to link it to whether I'm worthy that day. If I miss one, it's fine. It's just there because I enjoy it and I do it because I believe that my body's worth it and I believe my mind's worth it because I feel better when I do it rather than thinking, if I don't do my physical yoga, then I'm not allowed to eat. And if I don't do my physical yoga, then I'm not allowed to feel good about myself. And all of these, it's its not a chore. It's literally a thing that I do because it, I just love it. And I really feel when I don't do it as well. So if I don't do my physical practice, it feels like I haven't cleaned my teeth or I haven't, you know, it, it just, my body doesn't feel right because it's a great way to release my emotions. So one thing that I never understood before I had a regular yoga practice was how much my body stores my emotions. So not in a hippy-dippy way, just literally like if I'm frustrated, I will feel it in my body. If I'm angry, I'll feel it in my body. And for a long time, I was so disconnected from this. I didn't understand that. I, I kind of... I felt angry and my body felt like shit, but I wasn't able to put the two together. Or 
I wouldn't even know that I felt bad because it was just the way that I felt. I didn't know that there was another way to feel. And so having that uh, tool to be able to change how you're feeling from one one position to another. So to be able to go from, oh, I feel really frustrated and annoyed. And instead of trying to intellectualize it and be like, I feel annoyed because of this and this and this and this, instead being, I feel annoyed I'm going to go for a run or I feel annoyed I'm going to go and do some yoga on my mat, I'm able to shift my emotions and work through the emotions without it all happen to be in my mind because I think sometimes when we try and intellectualize it, we can almost embed the story and come up with new stories. Because if you're angry, you can be like, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Well, this happened, then this happened, and this happened. And then when I was three, this happened, and then this happened, and blah, blah. And you're making an even bigger story for yourself rather than just being like, oh, I'm having a wave of anger. I go for a run and it goes. And sometimes it doesn't go and that's fine. But having a physical way to move through emotions and to move through states is a really empowering tool for me and I am not strict as a yoga teacher by what counts as yoga and what doesn't so some teachers are very strict and say this is the asana that you have to do for it to be yoga whereas I personally believe that any movement can be considered asana as long as it's the attitude that you bring to the practice. So because I teach yoga asana pretty much every day, I know that my body needs other movement to balance it out. So because I do a lot of flexibility work, I know that I also need to balance that out with a lot of strength work. I'm just going to put my hands up and say this, like sometimes if I've been teaching yoga all day, Like I love my practice, but sometimes I don't want to go and do what I've been teaching all day. So I will consider putting on my running shoes and going for a mindful run as my yoga practice. So if you're wanting your yoga practice to be long term, it's perfectly acceptable to expand that out. So to not restrict yourself and say these movements are yoga and these movements aren't yoga and instead think, what do I need today? What do I need? How does my body want to move? And allow that conversation and being curious about your body be the thing that guides you to your yoga practice rather than the other way around where you're like, my yoga practice is this and therefore I will do this to my body. It's like, what does my body need? Though I think that does come a bit later on in your journey when you have got that understanding of what your body needs because if you do that too early on and you say well what does my body need sometimes the answer is I I don't know because I've never tried the things I think sometimes we need to almost get into a routine so that we can you can know the rules before you can break the rules if that makes sense so thank you for listening I would love to know what your favorite yoga asana is speak to you soon bye The Happy Yoga Podcast was brought to you by me, Jo Hutton. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and you're always welcome to join the community. So follow the link in the show notes if you want to be part of the community. Bye!